0: Beyond the Surface, Navigating Racial Realities in Surrey. This episode explores the experiences of racialized kids living in Surrey emphasizing the significance of understanding the youth perspective in any community. The conversation delves into challenges faced by racialized kids, initiatives and strategies to support them, the school's perception versus individual student experiences, the impact of Surrey's racial diversity on identity and belonging, systematic issues and misconceptions, mental health support, and the role of education in fostering racial justice. The episode aims to balance serious topics and humor, creating an engaging and thought-provoking discussion. I am excited to have my teacher, Mr. Blumman, on the podcast. So could you please briefly talk about your involvement in the community, your interests in social justice and racial equity, and what motivated you to participate in this discussion?
1: Well, there's a lot there, and these are some heavy topics. I have been teaching in Surrey, For about 27 years and um, seeing racialized students uh, all throughout that period uh, right from the start and I've worked in two or three different neighborhoods and of course the racial mix and as far as we wanted to find people as being racially different is really different in different parts of Surrey and so my teaching experience varies uh, partially Mm -hmm. according to the racial mix and partly because of growth within myself And the attention that's currently being placed on a lot of these racial and cultural issues and power dynamics... Um, in Surrey, and uh, there wasn't that much attention when I started my career um, almost a, a generation
0: ago. Yeah. And
1: there's a lot more attention on that sort of stuff now. Yeah. So things have really changed.
0: Yeah. In your experience as a social justice teacher, what are some of the most common misconceptions or stereotypes, if any, that you're uh, that you've observed people hold about racialized kids in Surrey?
1: I think when we talk about perceptions and stereotypes, it's really important to uh, identify who the stereotype is about and who is holding the stereotype. So Mm -hmm. when you say, uh, you know, stereotypes, we can sort of throw them in any different direction. But we have to look at stereotypes uh, teachers, um, administrators hold. So we're talking within a school context. And we have to look at stereotypes that uh, students hold. And students hold about themselves and students hold about their peers. And those are factors as well, too. And then there's the wider society. And in survey, you have groups that are um, not really competing, but are are very much uh, in a dynamic with each other. And the way they interact in the wider society and stereotypes and prejudices and racism will be part of that dialogue as well, too. So um, traditionally... We know that the uh, someone who comes into education may, at their heart and in the in the soul of their being, um, want to be a good person. Um, certainly they want to uh, impact the future in a positive way. And let's just assume that everybody goes into teaching for, for good reasons and really wants it to be a nice place and, and, and help be part of, of causing young people to be really, you know, well-grounded and, and head out into the world and spread their wings and all those sorts of good things. Yeah. Uh, The reality isn't that. Not all young people have a good experience at school. Not all Mm -hmm. spread their wings. Some of them keep their wings tightly closed until after school. Some of them have their wings clipped in school. And um, so some of the stereotypes um, and prejudices that matter are those that teachers bring with them into the classroom because teachers are also a product of the society. And for better or for worse, many teachers carry with them some of the tropes and means of the society and for better or worse many teachers are there because they like society because it worked for them I'll put myself in that category. I had a good time in high school. Um, The last couple years of high school were good for me. The first couple we won't talk about. But the last couple years of high school were really good for me. My world expanded. I met new ideas, began to think in new and deeper ways about subjects that, that I was just being exposed to. And was really excited to explore. And I wanted back into that time period. I wanted to be back where, wow, this new thing about this world, this, this new idea is going to come across in front of me, and I'm going to explore it and wonderful. And I thought that high school would provide that sort of place where I would be part of that discovery process. Uh, and it does. Okay. But on the other hand, you bring all of that baggage that you've lived through. Every place you travel, it's like, you know those suitcases where people put stickers on it? Yeah. You know, I've <laughs> into Upper yeah. on Falls, and it's right there in your suitcase. Well, that suitcase comes with you into the classroom. And in the classroom, you open it up and you take out of it various things, experiences, stories, ways of interacting with people, expectations. And there are going to be stereotypes in those, in those expectations and stories. And the pernicious things about stereotypes is this. Some deep part of us thinks there's a reason this stereotype exists. Okay. Okay? And some deep part of us believes in the stereotype. And if we are mature, we step back and say, actually, I'm you know, stereotyping this person, this situation. If we're immature, we haven't done our homework, we just continue to perpetuate those stereotypes by living them out and reinforcing them in the classroom. So that's number one issue that I think students are going to face. They're going to face teachers, administrators, others who carry these conscious and unconscious racial and societal and sociological biases with them into the classroom. Positive and negative. Positive
0: and negative. Then
1: we have students who are going to come in with, once again, all this cultural baggage of their own. I'm from this race, so I am good at this. I am poor at that. We do things this way. They do things that way. So students will carry that material into the classroom as well, too. That doesn't doom the classroom. It's not this awful place where all these old things are piling up like some graveyard for good <laughs> ideas. Uh, because there's also the the, sh- the rubbing of shoulders to use a to use a yeah. metaphor that happens. So teacher will run up against students, and some students will change your perspective on things uh, if you are open to it. Some students will change uh, the perspective of other students on things if they are open to it. So that's part of the classroom as well too. So it's, it can be very. Uh, tumultuous place of these sort of swirling forces of of, of growing and embracing new ways of being and learning about people and also a place where some of these old ways become entrenched and people get stuck and then we teach others to get stuck on the same things too
0: wow that's very well said mr woman i well, definitely agree you. with what you have said like we carry in stereotypes because yeah, we carry societal. All stuff with us. yeah so that's great like for example one stereotype people think is that indian people are good at math and i myself am indian <laughs> and i myself am not good at math and And you know this firsthand. He taught me math in grade 11. And one thing. You have many skills. (laughs) Math is not one of them. You have
1: many skills. I'm just going to leave it at that. But that's all we need to say. You have many skills. Okay. Um, So, one of the things I believe. Um, and their students will challenge you on this, but I believe that everyone's got something they can do. Yeah. And if you put your mind to it, you can do it. And someone can do it easier, and someone can do it harder than you. That's one of the things that's always true.
0: Have you seen systematic racism manifest within the education system? If so, how does it affect us all, and what steps can be taken to dismantle those barriers for racialized students? One
1: of the things I've noticed is that when we begin to talk about systemic racism and we talk about barriers for, uh, for racialized students, we begin to think in terms of episodic things. I was in this class, and this teacher said, you know, I was in the, on the playing field, and these students said, you know, I was in the gym or on my way past one of the, the bathrooms, and the student said, this person did. And we think of episodic things. And one of the things we have to do to dismantle racism is step back from the episode and see what made that happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're on your way to work, and there's an accident, and the accident prevents you. It stops the bus, it stops your car, it stops you from walking down the sidewalk, depending on the mode of transportation you're using. And you're like, oh, this accident is in my way. Isn't this awful? You know, this accident's yeah. a really bad thing. I wish they'd clear it up, make the bus go the right way, get the car off the road.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very seldom do we step back and say, well, why did this accident occur? What was happening before the accident? Were the roads conditions poor? Was it so much traffic on the road because the roads aren't built for, and they were congested? Were people in a hurry because we have these deadlines? I've gotta be there by eight, and you know, it's five minutes to eight, and I'm gonna rush, and- All these other things contribute to the accident. So when we see a racial incident, someone calls someone a name, someone is passed over for uh, promotion. uh, Teachers are giving praise to students of one group and and giving censure Mm. or punishment to students of another. We're like, oh, my God, that's an incident. We need to address it. Um, Instead of stepping back and saying, what are the conditions that made such a thing possible? What are the structures in place that support this behavior? And when we get at those, then we begin to get at the racism. So school is a hierarchical st- uh, structure. There's, yeah. you know, the, at the very top is the I don't know superintendent of education, the principal, the department head, the teacher, yeah. and then everybody lines up underneath, right down yeah. to the bottom, you know, uh, rung of, of whatever, whoever that is. Yeah. And that structure itself makes racism possible. I mean, one of the things we mm. understand, and we and we and was not well understood when I began my teaching career, uh, was that racism is not incidents. Capital R racism is what happens when you have prejudice and you marry it with power.
0: So you are,
1: you know, you have some belief about some group. They are inferior or they are trouble or they are, they are, they are, they are. And it's just prejudice. It's just like, oh, look at the neighbors doing something I don't like. Or look at that person doing something I don't like. But you marry that to power and it becomes racism. And so then you create expectations or barriers or limitations for the people about whom you hold negative stereotypes. All right. And also, at the same time, you're creating wonderful opportunities for people about whom you hold positive stereotypes. So we think, oh, here's the teacher in front of the class. And he's looking at the class, or he or she they are looking at the class and saying, I think that student is good at this subject, this area of endeavor. I'm going to encourage them in that area. Mm. This student they're always defiant, you know, they're trouble, they come from that area, they come from that ethnic group, I'm going to make sure they don't make trouble for me. And so we create this uneven playing field, to borrow a common metaphor, where students are experiencing privilege because of this marriage of prejudice and power, Mm -hmm. and other students are experiencing marginalization because of this marriage of privilege and power. And we can look at those incidents and say, well, what? wait a minute. Why have we created a structure where power is married to prejudice? Well, power is embedded in our education system. It's about me telling you what to do if I'm mm-hmm. the teacher and you're the yeah. student. So the power is embedded. So how do we structure education so that it is not about the power imbalance in the classroom? and that the power imbalance empowers some and impoverishes others. How can we make that equitable? And that's the challenge we now face uh, face with uh, with, with racism in schools. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the pernicious things is that students will buy into this power imbalance they will see themselves in the hierarchy. And this happens really early, like in, in preschool or kindergarten, yeah. you're praised for certain behaviors. And the behaviors that align with the prejudices of the teacher or the educational assistant or whoever, the bus driver, you're praised for that behavior. And behaviors yeah. that don't align, well, you're not praised for that. So I'll often meet simple examples. i often meet students who smile in a particular way. You know, you, you, you when things get tough, uh, they smile in a particular way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, those students are smiling because that's the behavior that got them through uh,
0: whatever um, the situation
1: was. And they yeah. give that smile, which is just like, I don't know what to do, but I will do the behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it's sad in some ways because we come conditioned to these responses. I mean, I have a, a dog I help take care of one of my neighbor's dogs. And whenever uh, the dog is confused, the dog will sit up and give you a paw. Someone trained the dog to sit up and give you a paw. So whenever the dog doesn't know what to do, sitting up and giving a paw got me a treat at one point. I'll do that behavior. I see. And sometimes we learn to put up with things and smile through pain because that's the behavior that got us so far and and it served us really well. Uh, And so we do those behaviors. Students who aren't willing to do those behaviors, for whatever cultural or personal reason, often don't do well in school. Because mm. they're not willing to do the behaviors that please the power structure. Uh, and so teachers have to let go. And maybe you have to hold on with an open hand and mm. not buy into these power structures. Um, it doesn't yeah. mean that a teacher is not coming into the class with knowledge. But the power isn't part of the education dynamic if we, wanted, if we want a, 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 a race, racism-free environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you
1: have to marry the power to prejudice to get the racism, the structural racism.
0: Wow. One thing you're really good at is creating an image with your words. I feel like I could have imagined all of that. Oh, and it okay. was going like one by one by one. This is really well said. Well, thank is you. there a way we could dismantle that, though? Is there a way we can encourage our teachers or even our students to think about this, mm-hmm. saying, hey, this is what's happening. This is the cause. Can we take a moment and be mindful about the situation? How could we take steps to dismantle this issue?
1: That's exactly correct. What you said said mm-hmm. we have to be mindful about the situation yeah. greater thinkers than me have said we cannot solve problems until we, we face them you know very few things go away on their own mm-hmm. <laughs> you yep. know floods go away on their own and they <laughs> left all the, you know, everything's yeah, wet yeah. and there's water damage yeah, yeah. so so leaving things to go away on their own hasn't worked Um, One of the sad things about this century is the racism isn't disappearing. There was a feeling 20, 30 years ago that, oh, the old racists are just working. Well, they've managed to teach a brand new generation how to be racist. So we can't leave things to go away on their own. And we have to be mindful about dismantling the power structures. And it's going to take a lot of courage. Teachers can uh, have that courage. Um, But Mm. one of the most powerful things we have is conversation. It's yeah. words. It's sitting down with someone and in a non-threatening way bring these issues up onto the table and then ask them uh, in a very concrete way to uh, behave differently. Mm-hmm. And it can be very threatening for teachers um, in the same way that a, a different style of marriage or a different style of dress or a different style of music uh, can be very threatening to people whose world view whose values depend on things. Yeah. Um, uh, a member of my family... Uh, who grew up overseas uh, found it very uh, surprising to see uh, female-identified people with short hair. Oh. Because where they grew up, women always had long hair. Yeah. So it was very challenging for them. Mm-hmm. But what needs to happen, this is a very, very simple example of how things kind of sort of impact people. What needs to happen is you need to sit, someone needs to sit down with that information, that individual. And I've tried and say, well, <laughs> you're coming out with a set of expectations. Let's have a conversation about why you have those expectations. And then you begin to examine them. And it's a very simple example. You begin to examine them. You begin to to challenge some of the ideas in a way that doesn't make people feel threatened.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: People feel threatened when the rules change.
0: They do. So
1: you see someone and you assume that they are female because they have long hair. That's a rule. Very old rule. Mm -hmm. Right? But that rule is still there in some people. Yeah. And so how do they not feel threatened when they meet someone, and they can no longer tell what category to put them in, right? So part of the answer is, well, why are you putting people in categories? Yeah. (laughs) But that's very threatening because we like a world that makes sense,
0: Mm. okay?
1: So that's one thing. We have to have people be okay with a world that doesn't make as much sense for you but becomes freer for your students. So it doesn't Mm. make sense to you that your voice sometimes isn't the most powerful voice in the classroom. To a teacher, Uh that may not make sense. I know more about math than you, so I should be the only voice. Well, someone's doing math differently, or math isn't the only thing we're talking about in class, even if it's math class, because we are dismantling this power structure, and there's time for those other things as well, too. Yeah. And so we have to make room for those voices. Uh, We have to be threatened. uh, We have to not be threatened as teachers. Students have a role in that as well, too. Students Mm. have to begin the conversation because some teachers won't hear it unless it comes from someone you know bringing it up as a student and say what can we do with this power structure a lot of students are not equipped for this um you're talking to someone who's had years and years of experience debating someone who's had years of classroom experience but if one thing i could do is i would encourage students to hold meaningful conversations about race and about how they're treated and about the structure of the classroom with teachers and if nothing else that opens up the power dynamic and allows more things in there like opening it up and let sunshine and fresh, sunshine and fresh air <laughs> into that power dynamic it's it's a, it's a that's a positive step forward
0: all right yeah. wow that was so heavy but that was like it is, everything it is, is heavy so true. and it's hard but
1: yeah. um, you you can't it's going to be uncomfortable when mm-hmm. you start to move, oh yeah, because the relationship isn't so well defined. Yeah. Um, but have the conversation, have it in open, have it in public. Don't get entrenched. Um, let go of things, and that's always been good advice in the classroom. Don't get entrenched. Don't get into power struggles. And Every experienced teacher should know this.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like our school is like trying. Yes, they're trying, trying but yeah. yeah. isn't making a effect.
1: Yeah, um, and it's hard to judge um, because, as I said, students are walking in with their prejudices as well, too, mm-hmm. and students will treat each other poorly. Yes. Um, I mean, students have treated each other poorly forever. There was, you know, the high school bully is like, you know, they make movies about the <laughs> yeah. high school bully who gets Kids watch that and, say, and then they're yeah.
0: like, hey, I want to be a high school bully. Well, yeah, I don't want to be the one bullied.
1: Or, yeah, and, and they, you pick a role for yourself. Yeah. And there's comfort in knowing your role.
0: There is. And there's
1: discomfort. In not being sure of your role or having to find a role, or having to own it. Yeah. So what's happening now that's exciting is kids are owning different roles. They're owning different roles in gender. Yes. They're owning different roles in terms of their uh, position in the power structure of the school. So that's happening. That's one good thing that's happening.
0: It's good that that's happening. But is there a safe place in the school for kids who are exploring their identities? Mm-hmm. I would argue and say no Mm -hmm. because there are serious issues of bullying happening in the school and when it's brought up to the teachers, they more like to cover it. They want to cover it up instead of supporting them individually. Mm -hmm. If you talk to a um, transgender individual in my grade 12 class, I won't name anyone, but um, they would say that it's actually a very upsetting area or like a place to go into Mm. like school is like scary for them yeah because they don't feel safe in that environment because kids can make comments and get away with it Mm -hmm. without getting into trouble. And if they go to a counselor, the counselor tells them how to deal with it (laughs) instead of dealing with the kids who actually make the comments in the first place. So that's the environment we have for kids who are struggling with their identities. Mm -hmm. Is that a proper place? Because they're going to struggle when they leave school. So a lot of teachers argue that the world isn't going to be nice so them, yeah. why should we be? Yeah, yeah. So what do you feel about that? Ah, there's a,
1: so much in, in what you've said. F- four or five things. hope I remember them all. <laughs> Start at the very end. This business of, you know, the world is going to be hard, so I need to be hard. Mm-hmm. So much prejudice is coded in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, That's one of the things they used to use racially. It's like, well, you know, because you're of this race, this won't happen for you. And I don't <laughs> want you to be disappointed, so yeah. why don't you not go there? Right? So you quote racism in an envelope of preparing you for racism, <laughs> in reality yeah. you're just being racist. Yeah. So there's that sort of the, the, that sort of thing that you know when you go in and someone just tries to help you deal with the problems. And I get where that's coming from because the person, if, if you're a teacher, someone comes to me and says I have a problem with A, B, and C. The people causing the problem aren't in front of me, mm. and so I can only speak to the person in front of me and say, mm-hmm. "This is what you know." I hope. I hope happens, and maybe we can work together to deal with those other people and those other things. But you just have the person in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's part of it. Um, teachers also get a sense of ownership over the classroom, and this is an extension of, of what I said earlier about people having a sense of security. Because they understand the rules, mm-hmm. um, so the, the, you know the rules are that the teacher is at the front of the classroom and has the knowledge, and the students are in front of the teacher open vessels, ready to receive the knowledge that 's the rule that 's what I signed up for when I, ca- when I came to teach, and if that rule changes, then who am I or what am I teaching and i 'm mm-hmm. scared by that because yeah. all of a sudden I am in an uncomfortable place, and maybe I will be the person who feels you know um, uncomfortable or unsafe. And so uh, it goes back to that hierarchical structure where a teachers' letting go of this position of being the boss and being the only person knowledgeable. And that's hard for teachers to do, but teachers can do that. Um, so that's got to happen as well, too. Uh, sometimes the house is on fire,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And you're handing someone, you know, the, here's how to deal with the house on fire pamphlet. And, and so, educationally, sometimes the house is on fire in terms of race. Yeah. And what we do is we try to make it, you know, appear like the house is not on fire. And, and that is coming, you know, once again, from this sort of I need to be controlled, control. I need to understand how the rules work. And, and the rules worked for me. That's how I became a teacher. Um, we need to step off of that. The responsibility... For the tone of the school is often taken by the administrator. The principal feels, I am responsible for the tone of the school. The vice principal Mm -hmm. feels that. The teachers feel that all the way down. Actually, the responsibility for the tone of the school should be spread out so that students are partially responsible and the principal is responsible and everybody's working together. It's a community. So you build a collaborative community model for the school Mm -hmm. so you have to move past that so if you if i believe that i'm responsible for the tone of the school and you come to me and you say that this this and this are going on and one of those things is racism or sexism or or transphobia well no it isn't yeah i try to stamp out the incident instead of saying what have i done or what am i participating that makes this sort of behavior comfortable Mm. Well, why, why are the racists comfortable in my school? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are the transphobes comfortable in my school? Why am I comfortable in my school? <laughs> why, do I, why don't I walk in saying, what am I going to learn about gender? What am I going to learn about race today? What's the, yeah. that's my curiosity? Exactly. So if educators and students can move to this place of discomfort, then we can begin to make progress.
0: Mm, Very well said, yeah. (laughs) One thing that you said really stuck with me is that this is a community. I feel like colonization Mm -hmm. has really put into the... um, minds of folks saying that i am an individual i am the one who holds power mm-hmm. this is me yes. but it's always about me but really before colonization it was more of communities mm-hmm. a lot of communities and especially in like india like it's like the whole village yeah, yeah it takes care of like everyone you know it's not really there's not one person in power it's spread out together and i feel like a lot of that is like not here yeah. in Canada, I feel like no one actually believes that, and I think that we should start believing that like this is a community, and a community works together to solve problems. so what do you think about that
1: and it's a two sided mm-hmm. um, proposition okay the colonized often lost their community because someone's coming in and taking over taking resources in that mm-hmm. process of colonization All right the uh, the colonizer often loses community as well, too, because they participate in this hierarchical structure. Mm-hmm. And so, the the colonizer is coming from villages and coming from communities and stepping out of that role and taking a position in this hierarchy. Yeah, right. And the colonized, you know, once again, are given a role in in this hierarchy on the bottom. Unfortunately, but they're putting together these structures where there's winners and losers, mm-hmm. where there's resource gatherers and those who get the benefit of gathering the resource. Okay. And so those are part of the structures that need to be dismantled. And they are need to be dismantled across colonizer and the colonized. So a colonizer has to get out of this colonial mindset, which is, you know, sovereign general you know governor general yeah. blah blah blah, down to down to taxpayer or or, or or disenfranchised person, and then the colonized must also get out of a position in that hierarchy, mm. and one of the pernicious things about colonization is it taught the colonizer the colonized how to colonize themselves.
0: So people mm. from
1: the colony went away to the colonial power to get education. Yeah. And then they come back and replicate the colonial back, structures. Very
0: well and back. so
1: so very soon, the, the person, you know, the boss is one of the people yeah. who, who should be, you know, in solidarity with the colonized. But they're not because their education and their training... And the system in which they have power and they now feel comfortable is the colonial system.
0: That's very good. (laughs) It brings us to our next question. What efforts, if any, are being made to decolonize the curriculum and include diverse perspectives, histories, and cultures to ensure all students feel seen and represented? And do you think that representation is important in Surrey?
1: Yes, representation is important.
0: In our education system.
1: (laughs) Yes, in any <laughs> education system. Yeah. Um, people have to see themselves uh, in certain contexts. You have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm reminded of a story of a basketball coach who had a, uh, a girls team. A bunch of uh, people identified as girls, and they played in his basketball team at grade 8 or something. And they played well. Mm-hmm. They played okay. Um, and they tried, and he coached them as much as possible. And then then he took them to see a university uh, women's team. Okay. And, and just the things that these athletes were able to do. The next day, he said it was like watching a new group of young people because they saw the possible. They Mm. saw what basketball could look like for them and it just changed their perspective. So representation is important. It's just like this one simple example. Representation is important. But it's not only about representation. right? There's there's more than representation. You, You have to also consider... Um when you're creating the structure, what body of knowledge is considered important? Okay. Yeah, right? and, and and how is that body of knowledge being transmitted? Uh, what techniques or, or uh, what uh, things are is actually being taught? Um, education, in the simplest uh, reiteration is about facts. you know you learn this, you learn that, you learn that. Education should be about learning how to think, and when you learn how to think. Everything is on the table.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so what steps are being taken? Um, There is a move to uh, include representation in the curriculum. Okay. to get out old books that didn't represent anybody other than the colonial power. Mm. Um, and so everything is done from their point of view of the colonial power. Yeah. Who was the first explorer here? Who was the first you know, yeah. person of this race to do this? And that's the, the way the textbooks are written. And textbooks are written differently now. They are being written with more input from people all around the world and looking at... And that's part of it. As it should uh, be. Okay. Yeah, and that's part of the curriculum.
0: Okay. But okay. once again,
1: I'm saying... What happens when you step back from the curriculum and you look at the structure? Have you merely replaced the example with someone else? And we are in danger of replacing the hierarchy with another hierarchy. Mm. So people often make this mistake, and it's easy to point out, with feminism. People who criticize feminism are all, well, well, now, if women are in charge, but... Feminism has evolved to recognize that the problem is putting people in, in charge. charge. Yeah. And, and the, the latest wave of feminism says, well, why are we putting people in charge? It's not about turning the world upside down. It's about smoothing out the interactions yeah. between people. Yeah. It's about bringing us uh, out of our little silos. And it's about bringing us to who we actually are and not letting gender get in the way of that. And so people who want to criticize feminism say, well, it's really about them being in charge, and they're stuck in this hierarchical mode. Racists, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Anti-racism work is not about taking a different race and putting it in charge, and it's not about taking a race that's in charge and knocking them down where they, you know. It's not about that. It's It's not. It's not. It's about letting people find their place in society without that being dictated by their race. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's and so everything is seen in terms of this power dynamic. Boy this, oh boy, do we need to get yeah. away from this power dynamic? Yeah.
0: So um a thing that reminded me is that um my friend was like, I identify as a womanist instead mm-hmm. of a feminist. Oh, that's interesting. Because a womanist yeah. is a person, a woman of color, and feminism is um very surrounded by white women mm-hmm. taking power for themselves. What do you think about that?
1: Um well it's easy to criticize and I'm gonna to try to avoid criticizing um because it's just the easy step to take and, and to do a should of. Mm. And and should-ofs I think don't help. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm gonna suggest is that you build a culture that is an improvement on the current culture and, and ultimately a better culture. So you're saying, you know, women of a particular race are kind of taking power and, and I need to identify as a woman of culture. Great If that's what's working for you, I don't want to criticize that. But I do want to say, are you building a culture that will move us past this? And we have to build that culture. And as I said greater thinkers than me said, you know it's not enough to criticize the, 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 the problematic culture. We must also begin to build the culture that will replace it. Mm-hmm. And so we sit down and we begin to imagine ourselves in a world where race does not restrict you. Do not say a post-racial world. I right? yeah. did not say a post-racial world. I said a world where race does not restrict you, where race isn't a weapon, mm. right? Where race isn't a detriment, nor is it a, a, a vessel of privilege. Yeah. Right. Race doesn't have to be any of those things. And when I say um, not post-racial, um, I, you know, that's a sort of a term where you know everybody is together and we're happy and we don't see race. Why? Wouldn't we see race?
0: Yeah, why wouldn't
1: we? Why, why, why aren't we celebrating things? The same yeah. way with gender. Like, because people do not fit easily into this old gender binary, mm-hmm. doesn't mean we've thrown the concepts of gender out the window and no longer celebrate gender. Gender is something to be celebrated. Yeah if that's what you want to do, or something to be ignored, if that's what you want to do. So we're not just sort of changing the... We're we're rearranging the bricks, not Mm -hmm. destroying everything. Yeah. Right? We're not not here to just sort of break everything down. We're, We're here to rearrange them into a better culture. Yes. And one where gender does not dictate the trajectory of your life. Where race does not dictate the trajectory of your life. Where the thing that dictates the trajectory of your life is your choices. Mm-hmm. your choices.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to go back to saying that um, a lot of students judge each other. Mm-hmm. So this question, um, how can educators and schools promote allyship among students and foster an environment where racialized kids feel supported by their peers? Yeah. So. I think
1: that's one of the things that has to be explicitly taught Yes. Um, Sometimes, like, students are taught to share. Uh, Apparently, I've never taught kindergarten, but I would love (laughs) to at some point, because you teach such incredible concepts like taking turns and sharing. And a student can actually pass or fail at kindergarten. People laugh, but kindergarten is critically important. You take an essentially selfish creature. And you take that selfish creature, right? It's yeah. Like that. Babies are the most self centered creatures on the
0: planet. Yes, and so they should
1: be. They're, I don't think initially they're aware that there's anything other than this figure that feeds them. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they have to learn that these other people uh, also think and feel and, and have worth, and they have to learn to share. What a profound thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be retaught, I think, several sharing times. Sharing <laughs> is caring. Sharing. And, and we learn to share, and we, and we learn to take turns and learn all these wonderful things. And those lessons need to be repeated and repeated yeah, and repeated. Yes. So what needs to happen at the high school level, the level at which you, know, we, you and I interact, um, we need to learn those lessons of sharing and caring again. And they can be explicitly taught. Mm-hmm. Empathy can be taught. You can, can show be. people empathy. You can model it. You can have discussions. I mean, that's what literature is for, It's for us to put ourselves um, in the, the, the life of another person and begin to see things from their perspective and, and have our worldview challenged. You know, we read a piece of literature written from the perspective of someone on the other side of the world or someone of a different gender or a different color or a different racial or cultural or religious experience, and you begin to feel as they feel. I mean, that's what literature is for, It's for building empathy. Mm. Math could build empathy too.
0: <laughs> I feel, I felt bad for myself and everyone who had to take it. Yeah. I definitely agree with what you said. So, um, Queen Elizabeth, our school. Yes, like our school. Yeah. Please we share. Yeah. So, um, in that place would you say that, um the teachers and the counselors are taking steps to model that empathy.
1: There is, there's a lot being done among the staff and, and I'm answering carefully. Yeah. Um, and I'm, uh, one of the things I decided to do is is to be part of the solution if there's going to be one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, join the committees and, and, you know, begin to to work and to advocate and, 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 on all those sorts of things. So, so I'm trying my best to work within the confines of the school um, within its structure, or with other teachers, to begin to put forth these ideas um, as best as I can to to other staff members, and, and that's something I want to do and continue to do. And there are moves afoot. Whether they're moving fast enough, whether the the progress is is sufficient, I don't know. That's probably debatable. Um, but we have to kind of take faith, if mm-hmm. I think use the word faith, okay. and kind of begin to take steps and and be part of the the solution, not part of the problem. Okay. Right? And, and that's what I try to do. I mean, if, if things are moving in the right direction, I'm going to help push.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how does the school address racial discrimination or hate speech incidents and what steps are taken or not taken or should be taken to ensure accountability and promote a safe and inclusive learning environment? Well, yeah,
1: I'm going to uh, try to avoid the should of. Okay. Um, because sometimes should have isn't helpful. It's just sort of like it's finger wagging okay. and it doesn't get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have to sort of set up a scenario or set up a, a way to deal with those things. Okay. So I don't think the school currently deals well with racial incidents. Mm-hmm. And as evidence for that, I'll point to the fact that people walk away from the school feeling that their experience in terms of race has been negative. In yes. the and that is sad. Um, sure. and, and so the school is not yet succeeding. That's not saying the school isn't trying as much as the school is I can see editude. they're trying. The school is, it's not yet succeeding, and, and I don't think there's any argument for that because people are walking away from the school saying, yes. ah, I didn't have that good of an experience yes. in terms of race. Um, and that's because uh, Kiwi is a place where people of various race, racial backgrounds come, and the school's structure is such that these hierarchical uh, structures are supported, and not everyone in the building has yet learned empathy. Mm. so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go on record and saying the school has work to do yes. we have to work to do building empathy we have to work to, to do building diversity and inclusion um, so much work to do
0: yes for example if I see any posts on social media about mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth I look at the comments there's hundreds of comments bashing our school and saying yeah. how shitty it is. And how, like, as a black person, like, I went through this, I went through this. Mm-hmm. As a brown woman, I went through this and this. And the counselors and the teachers, they just told me to yeah. leave it alone. Like, it's always the victim that gets in trouble. And never really the people yeah. or the group got them there. It's more like, deal with this. Learn how to deal with it. Again, like I was saying. Yeah. Before.
1: And that's a hard place for people who are suffering to be. Mm. But one of the things that's true about... Uh, progress is often the progress is done by the people who are suffering ah, right? and yes. it's sad and it is not
0: fair how can schools actively engage parents and the wider community to be part of the solution in promoting racial justice and equality in education do you believe those are realistic goals
1: I mean, they have to be our goals. I mean, what else are we going to do and sit down and be passive Mm -hmm. um, in the face of racism? So we need to move forward. And the community can be part of that. People tend to uh, embrace the familiar and shun the unfamiliar. And Mm -hmm. and that is at the heart of some of the aspects of racism that we deal with, the embracing of the familiar and the shunning of the unfamiliar. And so the more familiar members of the community, diverse community become, the less racism there's bound to be okay, because that defeats the prejudice. Remember the racism is the power and the prejudice united and and then creating uh, unequal circumstances or inequity or or just miserable things happening for people. Um, And so when members of the community become involved with education, um, as you said earlier, community is key. And so there's no reason why the school can't be a type of community. It should be a type of community is a type of community. And the more, parents and other members of the community to become involved who are themselves coming from different places, racially and ethnically yeah. and yeah. gender, the more welcoming the community is going to be because there are members involved in the community with voices, with participation who have these characteristics and yes. it becomes a, a more welcoming and a safer place. We all like to feel welcome. We, we all like to see, feel safe and, uh, and, and bringing the community in can, can be part of that. To your earlier question, and that was the question as to, you know, what, what is the school going to do or what should the school do? And I said, you know, I'm going to avoid the should of and I'm going to head to it. The idea I wanted to say was this. It's not easy to create a safe space. And a okay. safe space should be created at times. I want a safe space to express my race or my gender or my sexuality. Gender or my sexuality. Or my sexuality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, there should be a safe place for that with people who I know are allies or who share those characteristics. Mm. The school may not be that. What the school should be is what's called a brave space. And I wish I had come up with this idea, but, but I've learned, there's something else I've learned. <laughs> a brave space is a space in which individuals have permission and or support and probably supports even more important than permission to be true to their truth and to speak their truth so uh, a school may not be a safe space for a gay kid a school may not be a safe place for a trans kid but the school can be a brave space for the trans um. kid a school can be a brave space for someone who's from a discriminated discriminated minority And why a brave space, it means it can be a space where they are supported, where they have permission, support, and safety to speak their truth. Now, this is a troubling teaching. It is. Because what it does is it places a lot of the burden of dealing with Mm -hmm. racism on the people suffering. Yes. But I ask you, where in history have you seen change come From the people who are creating the suffering and not from the people who are suffering.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when
1: we learn that, we learn that what we need to do is give bravery and support to the people who are suffering, who are already carrying the world and are therefore strong and need to take that extra step towards liberation. Mm -hmm. So it is not fair. It is not right that the person who is discriminated against and the person who's experiencing the prejudice has to bear the burden but unless that happens things will not change the power structure does not willingly throw up its hands and say what we're so sorry we've been colonizing <laughs> you y'all go free that never happens mm-hmm. never happens it's always the oppressed who take their freedom in their hands you cannot give freedom it must be taken wow and so to these students who are suffering it is not a message of here's how you suffer quietly Here's how you suffer in silence. The message must be, if you are going to stand up to the situation that makes you suffering, I will stand with With you. you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we will both take it. (laughs) We will both take it. And it, it sounds rough. And it sounds awful. And you wish that you could get... I was working with a group of teachers who felt that they were discriminated against recently. Okay. And they felt that there was injustice being perpetuated on them. And many of them wanted... You know, that that stick to, to kind of like, well, we've suffered. We need to get back and we need to break the suffering. And there is hurt out there. And if teachers are hurt, can you imagine how hurt students are? And if students are hurt, can you manage how hurt principals and administrators and counselors are? People are hurting because of this. Mm-hmm. And so we all need a hug. And we need marching boots.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? Or, or or marching devices. Whatever yeah. device needs to get around, be it a cane or a, a chair, whatever mobility device you want, <laughs> you need the marching martial version of that. Because the burden of changing things will fall on you. And it need not be militant. I'm coming back to this idea. You do not just rip down the culture. You build the new one in place and you build it so that eventually people will look over and say, look at those people. They are happy. They are joyous. They are embracing life and they are not limited by these limited gender roles and race roles and ethnicity. roles. All of those things. Look at that. And they will jump into your culture. But you sort of, you have to start building the culture and part of that is being brave and part of that is challenging the authority structures and part of that is yes I'm being discriminated against, but this is the dialogue that I am going to start about it. I will not be ignored Wow and that's what that's the job of a teacher that's the job of an ally is there shoulder to shoulder
0: hmm. with you yeah, and, yeah.
1: and if they're going to throw stones at me, they'll throw stones at you ally you know that kind of uh, that kind of uh, allyship is what we need.
0: We're all together in this suffering. We are together,
1: and we will all be together in the liberation. Ah. Um, and one of the beautiful things about liberation from racism is it frees everyone.
0: It does, right?
1: just like feminism. You know, where you move people beyond gender roles, frees everyone, everyone.
0: <laughs> every gender. Yeah, and that's how
1: you know you're on the right side. Is yeah. everybody <laughs> gets their freedom? Yeah, right. Yeah. At the end of slavery, uh, in the, in the, in in North America. In uh, and the and United States, in particular, they there was compensation given. Right, there was money actually paid out because slavery was coming to an end. The money mm-hmm. was paid out to the slaveholders because they were still trapped in this model where they were receiving goods from someone else's labor. They were trapped in a model of being in which they were receiving goods from someone else's labor. They needed to be freed from that. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: needed to be freed from that. And so, from the very end of even that unjust uh, kidnapping regime, um, people were still making the same mistakes, trapping people in these unprofitable economic models. Yeah. Right? Where people are trapped in these roles.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Freeze everybody. Some people don't want to be free because it'll be uncomfortable. <laughs> but in the end, they will be stronger and happier people. I believe that in my heart of hearts.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that, yeah. So looking beyond the school environment, what systematic changes do you believe are necessary to create a more equitable society for racialized kids in Surrey?
1: Yeah, I, I think I've said it. I going to repeat yeah. it again. Um, you need to dismantle the hierarchical structures, yes. place a culture in place in Surrey, in the schools, in the wider society that isn't based on bosses and servants, Right. Very. We're, well we're 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 more cooperative. Yes. And collaborative. Yes. Than we are direct Yes. And when that happens, you will see things improve.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Because example, solid state and like we're using their equipment right now. Solid mm-hmm. state is a co-op. They have like um they don't use bosses. So mm-hmm. it's a group of people yeah. working together to help everyone. We're making a change, and we're making money together as a group. Yeah. We're not a boss. We're communicating together.
1: And everybody is responsible. For something. Because it's, yeah. yeah, And it's not like, oh, this is going wrong. It's my fault. It's your fault. No. We all All are part of the solution. And when we get to that point, a lot of problems will disappear. Exactly. (laughs) Because we're all going to be working on the solution. Wow. Wow. What a great future we're going to have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, Surrey, the way it's growing right now in, like, literally everything, like, in the housing market Mm -hmm. and um, just, like, how it's kind of becoming one of the biggest, like, cities. Yeah, yeah. Like, right now, we need to give resources to the youth to take up power and take up space. Yes. And have their voices heard. and i feel like that is happening in surrey in some places mm-hmm. like right now here there's so many groups and people like solid state and like organizations like this and giving them like a platform to talk about themselves their experiences mm-hmm. and what they want to see in the future yes i think that is what is important yeah so again exactly like you said giving them power.
1: Yes, so. it's distributing the power and it'll land in the hands of people who don't have any power yeah. and can have their voices heard as yeah. well too.
0: So, Johari, Hello. I'm really excited <laughs> to have you on the podcast. I feel like we're going to have a blast. We're going to seriously talk about issues and laugh at them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're trying to we're trying to get into this. Okay, so we're going to start off a little bit strong. Okay. As a POC student in grade twelve, what are some of the challenges you have personally faced in your educational journey?
2: Um, I think uh, one challenge that I faced. uh, So, obviously, we know like history teachers and like Mm -hmm. social teachers can be like persuasive, and I remember one time in grade eight. We had a specific teacher, and he was talking about indigenous people and, like, um, how they were kind of, like, segregated. Mm -hmm. Not segregated, but, like, you're different, and it's known. And then, like, uh, Eenie, meeny miny mo" was brought up, and then he did the origins of it, and then he proceeded to use the N-word. And no one said anything, including myself, and, like, to this day, I still beat myself up for it because I feel like when you put people in especially like grade eights and we're all like 13 Mm -hmm. we're not gonna go stand up to like a 30 something year old yeah and be like this is or like personally i was scared i'm scared as a black student you know like all my peers are scared and they're not gonna say anything and honestly i was just in shock and stunned
0: Mm -hmm. that it would happen
2: yeah so then in grade 10 with the same teacher he brought up the book to kill a mockingbird Mm -hmm. and i was very opposed of it like I didn't want I did not want to read it at all and I talked to him I said hey I want to talk to you about the n-word and the use of n-word in this book and I don't want it to be said yeah and he he told me that it's literature and so I took it back to my family and it was like they were like if it's a song you're not gonna sing it just because it's in the song yeah you know you're not gonna like if you know it's wrong you're not gonna say it. Just like exactly. you wouldn't use the R word, you wouldn't use like the Slur, like you wouldn't use so many other words if they, it was in literature. So why are yeah. you wanting to use the N word? Yeah. So it took a little bit of a push from me and my family. We wrote a, a very um strong message and I sent it on Teams and oh. that is only then when he changed his mind. Even the movie that we watched. Oh my God. Um he was gonna watch some other movie with a lot of, um, like use of the n word and, um, like lynching and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and even that, like, persuaded him not to pick that. No one said anything because everybody was so scared. Like, personally, yeah, I brought it up later to like our friend group. I said, Why didn't anybody say anything? and then my family was like, But you didn't say anything either, exactly.
0: I would have said something, but I skip all the time, <laughs> so. I've heard about Yeah, Yeah, so, like, um, if it were me personally, I would have not let that slide. But, again, I do skip a lot of classes. I still do. (laughs) Um, But I'm sorry that you went through that. That's, like, really shitty. Um Kudos on your family supporting yeah. you on that, though. Like, it's hard to do that. I can understand. Like yes. Honestly, I don't get the argument of, like, it's literature. Like, you wouldn't no. let me swear. Like, there's so many times where there's, like, mm-hmm. swear words in a book. But if I say that I'm in trouble, but you can say the N-word, why, what? And especially if it makes another student uncomfortable. hundred percent. With yes. so much history behind that word. Mm-hmm. Why does it have to take an entire, like, argument, like, a strong message from a family of the student, who you would get scared of, obviously, to get you to be like, ah, fine, I guess I won't say it. That's crazy. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely crazy. I wonder if knows about this. He does, because, um, I sent,
2: after I sent a message, he... Sent um, a thing, like, a little email to my mom, mm. like, giving me props and kudos and, like, good on me for standing up for myself, and, like, this is not something that I want to be said in class.
0: Mr. said that. No, Mr. Oh. Yeah. I was just going, oh, never mind. And now it's Mr. Of course. <laughs> so, like, I feel like Mr. also said something. I, I don't know if he did.
2: He might no, have. No, yes. Yeah, so, um, mm. I heard... Didn't say this to me, but I heard from one of the alumni that now graduated because obviously they're mm-hmm, grade mm-hmm. 12. But, um, she was talking to me about it, and that pati- particular instance, she said to me, um, that was like, Oh, yeah, I went to the and he, he, like, tossing and turning about it, and he was like, Just don't use it. Yeah. Just don't use it. And yeah. and then I guess <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't use
0: it. No, <laughs> the audacity. I probably shouldn't I use don't, it.
2: I don't know, like, if that's what he said for sure. No, but, but
0: like, that sounds like him because many times when there's, like, a problem, he rolls his eyes and be like, I guess, so yeah. oh, fine. I, it just bothers me so much. But, hey, we're graduating in yeah. five weeks. Five we're done weeks. with this. But I feel like standing up to a teacher is very important. Yes. Because when you don't, they think it's fine. When you stand up, they're shocked because students are usually scared of teachers. Yeah. And then they actually listen because then mm-hmm. they get scared. Mm. Or they, like, are like, oh, wow, kudos to you. And then they yeah. respect you and then they listen to you. Um, but, like, we say that, like, oh, teachers make mistakes. They're human beings, too. But there's just some things that it's not really a mistake. It's just yeah. arrogance.
2: Or ignorance. Yeah. Also, like, it could be, like, your fragility.
0: White for <laughs> yeah. That the ego, sense. like, how yeah. dare I not be able to say a word? Yeah, we're like just talking about situations that happen, okay. and people need to be held accountable for their actions that they committed. Obviously, he could have changed in like two yeah. years. I think he obviously, has grown a lot. he has grown yes. a lot, especially with like so much happening since yes. then with like race and like racials, mm-hmm. and like so much has happened, like, especially George Floyd. Yeah, so I sense. feel like he's definitely learned things. But that has stuck with you. Yeah. That one instant has stuck with you and you still beat yourself up to this day for not saying in grade eight. So for that negative impact, it's something that we should discuss just because of that. I do want
2: to give him his props though, because he did um, push, I think it was, yeah, last year he did push like all the grades eights and nines to do something big for Black History Month, and that is something that I will forever, like, appreciate, because mm. there are so many different things, especially Canadian Black History, because there's so many things, like, we growing up, we don't know about, like, yeah. Africville. It was in Nova Scotia, and, like, nobody knows about it. And, like, the destruction of their, like, their home. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm very. There's thankful. so
0: much like that though. Yeah, so many villages that have been destroyed, and we still don't know. Yeah, just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the next <laughs> question. We could talk about number one for like a Ever. long time. <laughs> yeah, but um, could you share like any specific initiatives or strategies that have um, helped you or like you found helpful in supporting racialized students like yourself in your school or your community?
2: Um not so much in school I think it's there are things like the BIPOC and anti-racist group in school but I just um for me I just find a disgenuine um place like coming from a disgenuine place because it they didn't have this until we got put on blast
0: for our Mm. school being
2: racist so it's like at, at the same time, like, it's good that we're stepping forward, forward in the right direct, direct yeah. direction. And I know, like, my friends who are in it, they say the students who are in it are genuinely in yeah. it because they want to learn and they want to um, support POCs and things like that. Yeah. But, like, for me, like, from the schools part, like... Like, the teachers. Yeah, the teachers, I'm like, it's very disingenuous because I
0: I'm 100% feel that way, too. You're,
2: you're only doing it because now you're caught, caught and now you need exactly. to like be like, put forth an effort. Like even a couple yearbooks ago they probably shouldn't have done this, but they kind of just like took this one person and they were like, this specific black person is gonna help us with our journey in um, becoming like anti racist. And Girl. I was like, this is not what This we're is like every
0: major white boarding school yes. finds that one POCK grabs them and puts them in every like picture you could find. Mm-hmm. And they're like we support racialized kids girl no you don't no you don't i know that like in my
2: community something that i found um thanks for word of mouth which is the junior black achievement association Mm -hmm. which i have found a lot of community in because uh something that i went to i was on their they did a panel earlier Mm -hmm. in the year and they basically talked They took a bunch of kids, including myself, and we talked about different, like, racialized issues, especially, like, within the black community and, like, things that have happened to us and, like, really, like, um, working out traumatic things. And Mm. it was just a very strong impact. They had, um, what was it called, counselors to support people if it was too much and, like, snacks and, like, even... After the panel was done, they did. They had different organizations come. Like I know, um, Black Connections is in abbotsford so like if you are in abbotsford area and you want a bigger community of black people black connections is where you want to go to they host events for black people especially black youth to come together and like it could even be small things like bowling i think i think i saw on instagram that they did a painting night like huh. yeah I, I would love to go out and do that but like I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. and like the other thing that they did they, they hosted for us um they did this like retreat, and they did a bunch of educational oh, seminars. I saw that. Yeah, a bunch of edu- uh, educational s- seminars, and the one was like including resume writing and like goal setting oh. and vision board making. Oh, yeah, and I then love there that. was like a good presentation on like procrastination, like holding <laughs> yourself accountable. Yeah, and then uh, towards the end of it, um, it was like about unions and like connecting with other people to like get us to places that we want to be i
0: like that yeah that's good that's good so um in what ways does like surrey's racial diversity impact your sense of identity and belonging as a poc student
2: i think coming from a school of predominantly like asian or south asian um people it's a lot better than if i were to say like go into like all white White school school, but i do think that we still have a higher like higher racism oh oh yeah because i feel like there's a lot of brown people um and i think it's also like colorism too like tension like i know like a lot of brown people don't like black people Mm. like um not to say like don't like like a specific black person but it's like i know in my culture like especially in different on different islands like you don't want to date anybody darker than you Mm. yeah and that's where the colorism comes into play
0: literally british people have still got (laughs) a hold on us guys yeah it's them i swear
2: and i know like in a lot of um asian or south asian places like they promote like skin bleaching yeah Uh, yeah yeah. so like there's also like the colorism like is lighter is like they don't even like
0: understand that it's like all in like their head like deep down they might even like not know they might not even yeah. like be mindful about it they don't even sit back and say hey why do I not like this person what yeah. could it be they're not mindful no. about their thoughts so it's just kind of like just like this for them right yeah and that's what the part of like Mr. Bleman and I talked about is that how do we be mindful and like understand mm-hmm. the situation mm-hmm. but about the colorism, I definitely think you're right Like in India Like it's still a huge thing Pakistan too Like people with white skin Are more beautiful People who are fair Are more beautiful yeah. And people think it's because Like if you're outside And you're working You're like darker Because of the sun yeah. So if you're fair That means that you don't work And you're from a rich family mm-hmm. Blah 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 yeah. <laughs> Literally like you can be born with dark skin. Exactly, yeah. Like that's n I don't know who made that shit up. <laughs> but um yeah, like what is that whole thing and when you really think about it it's like when British people came. And, yeah. they like spread that like they are the beauty standard they are still the beauty standard and we are trying to decolonize Mm -hmm. but we need support Uh from like yes teachers and teachers need to support by giving students the time and the place and safe areas where we all can be mindful and discuss and Mm -hmm. really be held accountable for our actions may they be racist Mm -hmm. right yeah i think
2: in particular, like my group of friends, I'm very thankful for them because a lot of them like understand my struggles, and because we're majority like a POC,
0: uh, mm-hmm. our friend group. Yeah, majority, we are. We yeah. are. <laughs> our friend group is a yeah. majority of POC. Majority yeah. Of P- I definitely I agree with you on that. I okay. I think that intrate students are held more accountable just because there are so many strong people that do not yeah. like. They won't take racism, like, even jokes. And I really love those people. Like, they're, Mm -hmm. like, they stand up and they're, like, hey, this is wrong, stop this. And things, inter-A kids listen. Mm -hmm. They listen. Mainstream kids, they make everything a joke. You can't really talk to them. No. You cannot talk to someone who doesn't want to listen, who doesn't want to improve. Inter-A kids, just the culture in our class is, like, we move as a group and Mm -hmm. no one wants to be left behind so if the people who stand up and are strong they're usually the leaders of inter right Mm -hmm. they're the ones who are going to move forward and they're taking a group of people who listen to them so no one wants to be left behind that's why they like get up and do it does that mean we are necessarily like teaching them or telling them why these things are wrong? No. We're just influencing them to kind of just like stay quiet of their opinions mm-hmm. and just like kind of like move forward within Trey and just like, like get your shit done. Mm-hmm. This whole thing about family like yeah. makes me kind of mad. You say in Trey's a family, we're so dysfunctional. but yeah, we are we're a messed up family. Yeah. But the thing is, people make that a joke though. Like that's our whole thing organized chaos. Yeah,
2: I think yeah. also, like, specific grades have been through a lot of trauma because of other people. Yeah. Not, like, racially or anything, but yeah. just, like, in general, like, people not doing the right thing or people doing, like, not yeah. the best thing. So, like, I don't think we're extremely dysfunctional. You have, like, one side of the family that's all cool and the other side that hates that one side. It's, oh, my like, God.
0: I, so uh, I mean, like, as much as I'm thankful for with mm-hmm. the way it's, like helped me, like, grow as a person. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy to say that I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I am extremely happy. I think for me it's a
2: little bittersweet. Like, I love uh, InterA for, like, teaching me a lot of it. But, like, I think in a lot of people's in the back of their head, they're like, I feel like I would have been better off if I just left
0: earlier. Yeah, yeah. But, um, the thing is, like, mainstream's even more messed up. Right. So, like, I don't know, like the last year, short, like you have like one or two classes, yeah. so you're not like there the whole day. Mm. So I would see why people would be like mainstream is better, and like the last year, like why intray. But then again, it's all like, oh, you have your friends here, you grew up with them, mm. blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. I
2: feel like mainstream you also have to be more accountable for everything that you have. Yeah. Because, like, in rate they're very forgiving, and, like, if you have a late assignment, you can come bring it in the next day. Or, like, if
0: it's, like, three weeks late, you can come bring it
2: <laughs> in. Like, as long as you hand it in, they'll be okay Exactly.
0: With it, yeah. If you skip every fucking, like, two, three days, you're good. I don't do that. I if you leave the happening. country.
2: In the education system, like, we really need to teach kids, or, like, teach kids to form our own opinions and that we don't have to agree with everything like a teacher is telling us. Mm-hmm. And uh, other like t- teachers who like encourage us to make exactly. our own opinions and be like, this is what I think. Yeah. What do you
0: think? Exactly.
2: Do you agree with me? Do you
0: disagree with exactly. me? Exactly. Or like give us a
2: statement. And be like, do you agree with this statement? Do you disagree? Why? Why do uh-huh. you do that? You know? Yeah. So like you can find deeper into your, like, find deeper meetings and how you feel and learn more about yourself.
0: From different things like that. For sure. Because, like, students are, like, um, taught to, like, learn from teachers, obviously. Teachers teach us. That is literally what they're supposed to do. So everything they teach us is supposed to be, like, um, for sure, to us, it's, like, 100% confirmed by higher, like, people. Who are more educated than even the teachers. So if they say something, we automatically assume that it's correct. So if they're not, like... Um, if they're not, like, putting it in a better, like, format, like, the way they're saying it, yeah. we're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's true. Especially elementary school kids. Like, exactly. now that we're in grade 12, like, half the things our teachers say, we're like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, go away. <laughs> but not, that wasn't me in grade 8. Yeah. Grade 9, either. I'm like,
2: because we're so young, like, you absorb everything like a sponge.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, 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 now, and it's <laughs> just,
2: like, learnt behavior, too. Like, like kids don't, like... Kids aren't born racist, it's alert behavior. Exactly we learn everything. We consume everything. Exactly. So you don't know how to Who's teaching own, it? Yeah. Who's teaching it or form your own opinions exactly. to say like no, this is wrong, I believe differently. Like it's okay to have different opinions.
0: Adults fucked us up. <laughs> <laughs> we are decolonizing we are trying to be better <laughs> yeah. like gen z hands up mm-hmm. we are the best yeah. yeah and we're like we're the older brothers and sisters that are trying to help the younger generations as well yeah. gen z really changed the game because we got tiktok guys yeah i'm a, we Did got social TikTok? media tiktok <laughs> i said tiktok <laughs> i heard tiktok i would just like to say i heard tiktok We're going to play back that footage and edit it out, okay? (laughs) How about that, Jahari? How about that? Okay, back to this now. How do you think humor can be effectively used to address serious topics and engage others in discussions about the experiences of racialized students without hurting someone's feelings?
2: Like using humor... Uh, my teacher, I'm taking social justice again, shout out to you Mr. Meadows <laughs> uh, he does a great job with this like all oh. the time yes he uses like irony a lot of the time. Oh. or the way he'll use his humor is very sarcastic and then uh-huh. he, even then to make sure he's not offending anybody he'll put disclaimers in front of what he's like like for me I'm the only black person in the class, what's new <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't take offense to anything that he says because I know he's not saying it maliciously or, like... Yeah. Like, he's going to say it. Yeah, he's not going to say it and, like, oh, it's just a joke. Like, it,
0: it, It's not a joke. It's but not. we're talking about serious issues. Yeah, exactly. We're putting a little sarcastic into it. Yeah, Because sarcastic. this shit is just so hard yeah. and heavy. And sometimes you need your little es- jokes and humor. Yeah.
2: Especially, like, in you give which is heavily oh, yeah. yeah heavily centered around black people so like this social justice course is heavily centered around like black people mm-hmm, black issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like specifically specifically more in america <laughs> yeah because it's like it's high, there's high black and indigenous populations but there's just more black people so it's more broadcasted right there and like here's just reverse there's more indigenous populations but like black people and indigenous people are like have the highest percentage of like Um, You know, being like yeah, crime, yeah, not crime, but like criminalized, or yeah, or criminalized, or like higher percent of being like harassed by the police and things like that. (sighs) Yeah, and so yeah, he he uses it in a in a really good way, and um, I think like even if you are afraid it's going to offend people or like using sarcasm and like you don't really sound sarcastic, like put disclaimers. It's a it's a really good ind- um, thing to do. I think even Mr. Blendman does a really good job. Be, yeah. Like, his sarcasm, like, you understand he's being laughing because he's
0: he does. sarcastic yeah. because
2: he'll be, like, laughing and, yeah. like, not to say that it it's funny, but he'll be, like, laughing and, like, happy, like, making it known that it's sarcastic. But,
0: but the way he laughs is so sarcastic. <laughs> like, his eyes don't move and he's just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> It's just so funny because you know that he's joking. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so this was sarcastic let me try to find out what's going on and then you start thinking so humor can definitely be used from from your perspective it's just that the way you use it and the intention is very important
2: and even if you use it like if i think if you do use it and it does offend people then you now need to go to those specific people not specific not, not specific people but then like address that you did something wrong, right that it hurt people and that you
0: are reflecting yeah reflecting and now not, not necessarily
2: know. like sorry but like more like because you can be sorry but you're like reflecting, be mindful yeah reflecting
0: you're working and yeah. learning to do better so just be a respectful human being <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like um our grade especially like some certain guys are not able to do that yeah. and it hurts me it honestly does because it's embarrassing like we're yeah. about to graduate and you're still acting like this and like you know like I'm really well connected with like the other grades just because mm-hmm. of like the clubs I'm in mm-hmm. and um, the way they make fun of the grade 12 guys kind of hurts my feelings just because I grew up with them yeah. and I've known them since grade 8 and I know they're like good kids like I know they're good people individually individually exactly i was getting to that but in a group (laughs) in a group they turn into different people like they want like validation from each other so badly
2: just a lot of shenanigans
0: yeah and like i'm like please i just hope they're successful when they leave high school i hope they do good i hope whatever like like they want or whatever they need whatever good happens for them. But I just hope that they can reflect and grow and be like, I don't need to do all of this dumb shit to get validation from other dumb shits.
2: Right? Yeah. I th- yeah. I think everything we do in high school is a lot and everybody's going to look back yeah. and be like, Oh my God, that was stupid. Like I shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. And um, we're going to grow as people, but I feel like as kids, we need to be kids and there's so much pressure on us like yeah. I saw this I saw this um like it was like a meme but it was like um people like people treat us like children but expect us to act like adults yeah and I think like I think we're expecting them to act like adults a little a little bit but I feel like like if they're kids they can be kids but there's certain things that are you shouldn't do
0: but the thing is yeah. like there's certain things that kids at that age and adults should not be able to do or should not do right like being racist, making racist or sexist jokes, or doing things like that at your age? Nah. Like, grade 12, we're 17, some of us 18, we're graduating, we're going to the new world, we've gone through classes, we've gone to law 12, we've done, like, again, social justice 12, like, we've done things, and we've grown, we've, like, worked half mm-hmm. of us work like we've done things and experienced things to the point where you're too old not to know what's wrong and what's right in these like basics being a respectful yeah. human being even kids know how to be respectful kids you know yeah. like like i know grade eights and grade nines who are more respectful than them so again it's not really asking them to be an adult it's asking them to be a good person i guess yeah yeah but like do you agree with me when i say that like some grade 12 kids act like that and they shouldn't and they should be held yeah. accountable
2: yeah there's yeah like i think there's a difference between being like a child and like being disrespectful and being like doing things that are unacceptable to other people
0: yes for sure all right last question okay what message or advice would you like to convey to others who may not fully understand the experiences and perspectives of racialized students like yourself? The biggest message
2: is um, to be an ally. Like, don't Mm -hmm. speak over people. Actually, like, sit down, understand. Mm -hmm. Or, like, talk to people and be like i don't understand this like can you explain this to me a little bit more and at the end of the day I, like understand it's not our job to educate other people so i think if you put in the time to educate yourself want to understand on and reflect on certain things and then if you're still not understanding it be like hey like can i get your take on this like
0: uh-huh you know can you yeah. fill me in
2: a little bit more i'm not really completely understanding this and like if you come to me like that like obviously i'm gonna help you out i'm I'm not gonna like shut you down right i want you to learn i don't want you to make mistakes and at the end of the day like it's still okay to make mistakes as long as you learn and grow from them because i don't want people to be like oh my god i just said this like that's so bad it's okay to make a mistake it's just as long as you learn and you go for them grow from it and we're all human at the end of the day. Like, don't beat yourself up because you said one bad thing. Exactly, like, you did one bad thing. Exactly. Like, if you, if you did one bad thing and you did, like, ten other good things to, like, show that you've learned and grow, it
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes, be, sense, okay. makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So, that was good advice. Thank <laughs> you so much. So, <laughs> basically, be an ally. Try to yeah. reflect. Be mindful. Yeah. Learn things by yourself. If you still don't understand, ask a fellow... POC kid like someone who's racialized or you think that could answer your questions and just like try to be better try to learn more